starting in three, two, one. All right, and I'm back for another episode, the third episode here, here with my buddy, Mr. Bobby Hollywood. Say what's up, Bobby. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> We're doing the third episode here, starting with a bowling cold open here, and here we have Toby from the office who <laughs> wants to try and go bowling here. I went bowling with uh, with my mom for Mother's Day. And I got to tell you, like, I was, I, I hurt my finger, like, and it's still recovering from this day because I, um, I was bowling on this really, really weird, like, like bowling alley to where it's like, it's only like two feet wide or whatever. And it's like, I couldn't like spin the ball properly. So Cause it'll was, hop into the next lane. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like bleeding, like inside of the bowling hole <laughs> and I was I was really kind of sorry about that, but I wanted to beat my brother, so I just uh, I kept bowling. He grinned and bared it. And yeah, <laughs> I was uh, I was. There was as much blood spilled uh, at that moment as there was in this moment here. That's that's going on in the show. This is a weird cold open because they have uh, they have this pretty funny moment with Turk here. Um, Smile always gets me laughing right here. <laughs> he's just saying regular stuff and he's making you laugh. And he's making, yeah. <laughs> like he loves the smell of the steel on a gun. I love how he's like just lying his ass off right now. Just <laughs> just to make a sale? <laughs> <laughs> just to make a sale. And, Isn't you know, that he, what every salesman does? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. That's funny. Looks like an original regular gun to me. Yeah, That's he's special. selling that shit, though. <laughs> yeah. And boom, what happened? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Gets his ass beat, and, uh, and we're off to the races. I say this little guy, though. This, this, is, the, this is the thing that kind of bugs me about this scene. Like, for a while, I was thinking, like, oh, this is the episode that I'm not really into that much. Because this comes off as, like, a little funny to me because he's so tiny. Like a leprechaun. Like a little leprechaun. It doesn't help attacking, that he has red hair. <laughs> attacking this big old giant dude right here. And he's a Russian, right? That the big guy? <laughs> I think he's a, I think he's an or Italian. Like oh, Italian. He's a, he's a part of the Italian or was a part of the Italian mob. And um and now he's not. Clearly with the blood <laughs> splatter on his face. And I love how they have just like an innocent girl there at the bowling alley, knowing that more guys go. And more, it's like, yeah, yeah, let's if, just have the young girl in charge. If you have an Italian mobster going in there with this shady leprechaun dude right here, you might as well just get like six foot security guards all around the place. And they got the classic pinball machine. So now he's tucking the gun under. What's the significance of that? There's there's no this the, the thing is, is that this is all premeditated. You know, he's going in there to kill this guy. That's that's his whole objective. But he's immediately going to um, to give himself to up to the cops. He's going to go through the legal system. This is a great line. He says, I want a lawyer and um, he's going to go through the legal system to prove his innocence um, and make it look like he's um, doing it as out of self-defense. Um, this is episode three, which is called uh, The Rabbit in the Snowstorm, or as I like to call it, it's the episode where everyone gets paid. 
literally everyone draws a paycheck in this episode. Nelson and Murdoch draw a paycheck. Karen draws a paycheck. Even uh, Daniel Fisher's uh, uh, widowed uh, wife draws a paycheck. Everyone gets paid in this episode. So this is the episode where everyone comes into money. And uh, Kingpin makes a significant uh, purchase at the end of the episode as well. But um, we've never talked about this, or I've not—I've never talked about this uh, this opening sequence. Uh, what, what do you think about this sequence? I actually like it. It's actually the way they have—it's—it's it's blood because it's basically saying like there's blood that needs to be spilled on like Wilson Fisk's side and on Daredevil's side to get the job done. You know what I mean? The way they have like the city, like the way they had the justice. You know, it, it's basically saying like good or bad things happen, blood's going to be spilled no matter what. So uh, to me, I, I like it. You know, it, it's it's a little dark, a little daring. Um, but I, I Aha, daring, <laughs> daring. Yeah, no <laughs> pun intended. But yeah, I would say you, you didn't see that one coming. But I don't know if that was an aim towards Matt. Wow, another blind, two so. puns in like one one uh, <laughs> sentence. That's a, that's a that's a record for you. <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely think I, I I liked it a lot. What do you think about uh, the the Catholic angle? You know, the fact that uh, you know. Our hero is a is a religious guy. I I like it because it's it still it grounds him. It shows him that he still has a human side and he's not just a superhero. That he's more you know he, everybody has their own beliefs and you know even even a superhero like him. But it shows his human side that he you know wonders himself like outside of being a hero like what else is there or who else is there who do we answer to at the end of everything and and I like the way they do it because they don't take it on to where it's throwing it in your face but they're saying hey this is what this is what his guidelines are his beliefs his morals that he's going on it, it's a it's a weird kind of um area because we're dealing with like quasi um uh semi-gods that are running around and um batman v superman looks like it's going to tackle that a little bit with people worshiping superman because he's basically a god and it's like matt is following uh the the god uh, of the of the catholic church here's our introduction to to ben uric here we'll get to him in a second but the whole uh, religious aspect is that you know if he's a religious guy he could you know follow somebody like thor right i mean he's he's a bit of a god uh, himself um but he's not a god in 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 the true sense uh, he's not uh like a what they call him, uh, like a demigod. He's a demigod. You know, he's not like a deity that is uh, omnipotent. Um, omnipotent. Yeah, that's, like a, that's a bit of a omnipresent and yeah. all that stuff. So it, it, it's it, it's funny that he goes to um, to the right god, but um, through the more established Catholic Church, um, and, and that was also a part of his upbringing as well. So here's our introduction to Ben Urich of this story. It's kind of a shame that he's only in it for the first season uh spoiler alert he gets killed in the second to last episode uh, but here's his introduction you know ben Urich was not uh what was not a black guy in uh in the comics but i feel like they made that change because vonnie curtis hall number one is such a great actor i love his voice um you know he's got a really really um uh, compelling voice when he when he talks when he's trying to be serious you know you you feel that gravitas you feel that gravity but uh, uh, another reason i think why they changed it is because you know uh, 
he's usually dressed up in a um in like a little uh, raincoat in a brown raincoat and he wears glasses that's commissioner gordon right there that is that definitely is commissioner gordon with the mustache and everything with, right? with the mustache and all and all that stuff so i i think that they made that change maybe subconsciously a little bit uh for that choice but uh they definitely went with a with a really good actor for that one yeah definitely and you can tell he's dressed like more modern so it kind of gives that nowadays feel to it versus like batman you can tell it's more more back in the days they they kind of keep it in that same batman profile yeah. so this one kind of keeps you up you know up to date with everything you you um you've seen the family man with nicholas cage yes he he looks like uh like he just pulled out one of his wardrobes you know you know how he like opens his closet and all yeah. of his all of his suits are smashed oh, yeah. and they're all like they got those funky patterns on them yeah yeah ben yurik looks like he has the same kind of wardrobe it's just to sell that you know he's um he's a dude that you know he's he's a part of the working class you know he's working his ass off you know he's he's uh, he's got you know his his family issues um with his wife later on that we'll we'll see um he's trying to keep her in the hospital and stuff like that um it's just trying to sell that you know he's a, he's a good guy he's um he's he's putting in his due diligence and he's just trying to get work done yeah, that sounds about right. What? This is the thing that always bugged me. What the hell is Karen Page wearing? I I couldn't <laughs> tell you. It it looks like a a sheet thing with like just the shoulders showing. Oh, uh, going from a good wardrobe setting to a bad wardrobe. I I really don't like this. This just this is one of the things that like bugs me. And this is like the only probably outfit that i'll dislike is is hers or the only one that i'll kind of bitch about but man that top is just it's just yeah like because you're trying to go for a grounded you know reality gritty reality and um but hey they are in new york so that's true things are different in new york maybe she took a took a good turn into a to times square and picked up uh some weird wardrobes so if that costs a lot then she should get her money back though that's true where is that money coming from <laughs> that, it, maybe maybe it was just because she's she had that issue in the first episodes maybe she's just grabbing whatever she has kind of living out of her suitcase kind of thing yeah so maybe that's her excuse but i guess maybe because they're thinking ah the fans are going to notice the pretty face so maybe they're not really worried about the wardrobe but when you're people like us, we look at everything. Right. So every little bit helps. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's hard to watch. So so here we are in the um, getting into the story of, of the episode to where um, uh, Owsley, I keep forgetting his name for some reason. Uh, Owsley. Wesley? Owsley. Wesley. 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 Damn. Wesley. <laughs> yeah, Wesley. Wesley, um, who's always on point, should I say, his suit and everything, he's always up to date. So he's even dressed better than Karen. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah, I mean, he's got that little handkerchief in in his side pocket, which should be a should be a wooden square in the in the pocket. You know, they have those that that are made in Canada or whatever, some weird trendy thing. But um, but he's going with the traditional handkerchief there. Yeah, he's he's cool. And, uh, you know, people on the show even talk about how well dressed he is. Uh, yeah, everything's Madame, tailored. Madame clearly, Ga- Madame Gao and Kingpin's uh, 
Kingpin's mother always says, you know, he's, he's so well-dressed. So they're talking in this scene um, about, is he approaching them to help them out? Uh, for them to get their help for is he representing that guy is that is that how that like the way that the kingpin works is that he tries to buy as many people off as he can so that mm. goes with cops you know all the way down the line all the way down the line okay lawyers and stuff like that like that's his influence that's how he keeps people in line um that's how he gets away with a lot of the shady deals that he's dealing with that's how he operates in hell's kitchen and um and so here, his his right hand man, Wesley, <laughs> is um is trying to recruit these new guys uh, to represent the guy who committed the murder uh, in the first scene in the cold open. He's basically trying to recruit as many people as he can under the check, basically under the hand of Kingpin, right? Or Wilson Fisk. Under the hand of Kingpin, you know, yeah. kind of you know a little bit of bribery. Um, there's a lot of people who are. Um, you know, accepting bribes from the kingpin and um, and uh, and so they're trying to recruit these guys because they're brand new. You know, they make a statement later about how they're, you know, nobody can, you know, they have no dirt on them basically, and so oh. they want the guy that committed the murder. You know, they don't want any, you know, uh, they don't want anything to go wrong. Yeah. So they want to go to the straight A guys who are going to actually do the job and you know abide by the law, basically. Yeah, they, yeah, they call them ambulance pushers later on. So it, it's it's something that like it's it's bullshit that you know Matt has seen um, time and time again, and um, there's a close up of uh, Wesley's watch, which will come into play a little bit later. But Matt's not buying any of this. Yeah, you can clearly see that. he Foggy's more blinded by the check because, <laughs> I mean, clearly it was a big amount. Which How much do you think it was Matt's, to take on that case? Matt's blinded by the girls. Yeah, clearly. Foggy's blinded by the money. By the money, yeah. <laughs> which coincides to each other because in the end, you know, they go hand in hand. That's right. The girls can't have the money. You can't, can't have one without the other. <laughs> um, and I mean that so, in a respectful way, but so, yeah. So the story goes. So the story goes. So, yeah. But clearly, he what he's following him now because he knew something was up. He didn't even give him his name, like his his real name. He's like, he just oh, dropped you know, it. He tried to do the Jedi mind trick on him, like like oh, it you doesn't don't need matter to who, yeah. <laughs> or or Bane. It doesn't matter who. Yeah. What matters is not important. <laughs> <laughs> what matters is the money, right? <laughs> what matters is the money. Clearly, so he's I'm in this thing. He's using his. His enhanced hearing, I guess, right? To follow the heartbeat or the watch. Right. So, like in the Daredevil movie, like, you know, it'll cut to the blue world. Uh, yes. The, the shadow world or whatever. And it's here, it's it's just like it puts into focus the thing that you want it to focus on in the frame. Um, and then everything else is kind of blurred. Yeah. Um, so, that's kind of like not like what he sees or how he sees uh how he sees is actually a world on fire which is in uh, i think episode five but um but here yeah we're definitely getting like a more subdued uh way of viewing it which which i love like you don't have to go into all that you know cgi stuff and make it all complicated like you know yeah because i mean it still brings in it, it you're showing you're seeing his superhero powers but you're still it's still coming from a human aspect i think it's great yeah i, I think it was uh the right way to go um and as far as it being a tv show you don't want it to be um too comic booky 
You know? Yeah, yeah. They kind of want to have it on everyone's level, right? To where those who like like myself, like I am a fan of Marvel. I'm a fan of superheroes and whatnot. Um, but I don't know as much in the comics and stuff. But when I watch stuff like this, it it kind of not dumbs it down, but it kind of catches me up to speed without having to you know deep dive deep into comics and stuff like that but it makes me want to dive more you know what i mean because it brings it on to my level versus people who already know the history who know everything from beginning to end which people like me where we're just coming on entry level and getting everything as we go like as the episodes progress i'm progressing and learning more about it and then once like the season ends and whatnot it's going to make me want to further it out and make me want to follow it even more so I, I think that's the aspect that they're going for, which is really good, though, because their demographic is wide instead of just for, you know, the the very few that they have, you know, because I feel like Daredevil was set for like a certain demographic. A lot of people like him he's more because he's more in the shadows. He's not like the face of Marvel. He's not like your your typical like your Spider-Man or your X-Men. Or, he's not the front of the line. Yeah, you can't let your uh, five year old see it. Yeah, <laughs> but he's more of but he, he reaches out to more of the like the darker people, the people who who want to be behind the scenes because Daredevil's clearly the type that's not want doesn't want to be like on the front cover of everything on the front lines. But he's going to be the guy to get the job done. I, and I think that's what I what a lot of people like about him. He, he's more human than anything. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, the, the, the effect that this show is is had on me, um, you know, watching it so much now and. And um, trying to tie it into the comics, the, the more you try to do that, it gives you a little bit of a headache because you're trying to, like, merge the two. You're trying to marry the two. Mm-hmm. But this is its own interpretation, and the comics are its own, you know, it's its own medium. You know, you can never do things on television that, that they do in the comics. Um, so that's why, you know, there there's a certain amount of uh, adaptation that goes on, and you have to play with, uh, with the story. Um in a way that it's not done in the comics that that's different in the comics. And one of, one of the funny things is that when I read the comics now, it's like when I hear, when I read Matt, I hear Charlie Cox's voice, you know, and the same with Kingpin. I hear Vincent D'Onofrio, Ben Urich. I hear uh, Curtis, uh, uh, Hall. And it, it's, it's, it's funny, you know, like, I like that. That's good though, because it makes you take on it, it. It relays you from the show, from the pages to the comic to the show. In reality, it like puts it to life. Right. You know, I, I think that's what they wanted to do. Because now, when I think of Daredevil, I don't think of Ben Affleck anymore. I, I think of Charlie <laughs> Cox, and I don't mean that in a bad way. But I think of Charlie Cox. Yeah. You know, and and I think that's what they were going for. Because just in case they do further it into a movie, they do further it into something else he's going to be the face of Daredevil. He's going to be known. Um, but what's funny about this thing that I noticed when it first started open, you can see the two uh, uh, newspaper articles and behind him and one's of the Harlem Terror. And I remember that's where Hulk did. That's where he had the battle against that. Oh, yeah, that other that's guy. right. Yeah. Um, that's that's what I started noticing. I'm like, okay, so the good thing about that I see in this scene is that they're starting to intertwine everything so you know, hey, we're not just ignoring the fact that these things happen in New York. Right. We're, you know, and it's not just so much focus on Avengers like, oh, the aliens came down and we had this crazy battle, but they're going all the way back to where Edward Norton was the Hulk. Yeah, it, it's it's a it's a really good tie in. Um, a lot of nods. You're not going to get a lot of nods to the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. yeah. Of all of all things. Yeah. 
but uh but yeah you know ben's a, a guy who is chasing a lot of stories and that's probably a story that he wrote um he's probably covered um all, all of the like films in some way or another you know like everything that you know uh, tony stark has been through he's probably written articles about that and um and also you know the hulk's got him was obviously an article that he was really proud of um so it hangs on his on his wall but yeah like little nice touches like that i like that it doesn't get in the way of what's what's happening in the forefront yeah it's cool that it's there um but there's a lot of things on the wall yeah yeah there actually was that's what i was noticing even the other one on it it basically something about a battle and right, that's the, what I'm the, guessing the, is the battle for New York. Yeah, um, so that what I'm guessing is Avengers, correct? That's, that's the Chitauri invasion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that that kind of is what spins off this whole entire um, thing with the Kingpin and Union Allied. You know, they're a construction company that's trying to rebuild New York because that of all makes the dam- sense because of all the damage that was done. That was done in the Avengers. In, in the Avengers, and, that and makes sense. Like that. See, but I I like that because it it doesn't. It doesn't take away from Daredevil. It just lets you know, hey, we're of the same universe. Right. We're right. we're we're bumping elbows, but you know, but this is my point of view. This is my story. This is what's going on when you go back to your planet and you go back to your towers and you go back to, you know, finding whatever you need to find. Like I'm gonna be here taking care of everything of the mess that's in between all of that. Like there's still gonna be like crime going on. Like you right. know what I mean? That's what I like about it though. Cause he's more of like Daredevil's more of like the street cleaner. I see. He's like, if it wasn't mm. for him cleaning up the streets, you know, then the Avengers wouldn't would have to worry about not only fighting crime but finding you know the Chitari at the same time. Mm. So it's like if Daredevil wasn't there cleaning up the streets, you know, then then Avengers wouldn't have taken place. If anything, they would have took the battle somewhere else, or it would have just been too much. So it, it's like they go hand in hand. So in my way, there's there's so much space and so so uh so many stories that they can do with this but but i like the fact that that they go hand in hand but like you said it doesn't take away from daredevil because this is daredevil this is all about daredevil it's his story and you know it it does it's just a nod like hey i i recognize you're part of the marvel universe i recognize that you know that things took place in technically in his city um but it, it doesn't take away from daredevil's you know plan what he needs to get done still it's not like he stops when the avengers stop fighting and they go away and go wherever they're at daredevil's still going to work right right and and he's protecting his turf and all that stuff but you know i was talking about in the last episode about how like his motivations are sometimes not clear in this show Uh, they're not as refined you know it's an adaptation of a lot of different things uh, about his origins and stuff like that. Here we get into sort of the next phase of uh, the story. Um, this episode really functions in a way to where it brings Ben Urich in. It brings a lot of different elements in. It sets Karen on her um, uh, character arc for the for the season to where she gets paired up with Ben Urich and they go on the investigation together uh, for the rest of the season. And this is a funny, funny, funny scene right here. He's gonna be like, I got next. Yeah, I like it because you have I, you have these two college guys here. I would I would be pissed off. If yeah, I was. <laughs> if, if I were them. But but then you have Wesley there, not even threatened, not even uh, uh, afraid to say, Hey, well, I have next. As soon as you screw up and you you let the ball drop, I've got next. He puts a quarter down and everything, and there's no fear. And then you start to see the college guys kind of realize that, like, 
well, he's not afraid of us. Awkward moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but but he takes the gun that that the what's his name, the little leprechaun, yeah. the little guy who beats him, the Italian guy down. He takes the gun. So, yeah, I mean, they're. I bet that happened all in real time too. Like as as soon as that next uh, cut uh, of the scene happened. They were just like, we're getting the hell out of yeah, here. Yeah, we're going to leave. Yeah, <laughs> If he's not afraid of us and he's in this nice suit, then we should be more afraid of him. <laughs> he put a quarter on the <laughs> Yeah, he put uh, a quarter down. <laughs> he put a quarter down. That's, <laughs> That's threatening. That, that means we're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. And it's funny because it's an old pinball machine. It's a quarter. It's not uh, like Dave and Buster's pinball. where you have like the card and stuff. It's like it's an OG one where you yeah. you put the quarter down and everything. So I, I, I actually play the uh, Star Wars pinball on uh, on PS3. The, um, oh, nice. The, the Boba Fett one. <laughs> okay. So ah, Boba Fett. Boba Fett. So many levels, that guy, huh? Yeah. He's getting his own uh, movie, I hear. Really? So possibly. Possibly. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what Probably happens. Probably from the time where he was a kid till the time where that sand thing swallows him whole, maybe? Or maybe yeah. when he gets out of there. That would know. be cool. What know. he does after that. Because I was told his armor isn't pierced. I'm not I'm not that really crazy about Star Wars the way that I used to used be. To be. But yeah. Boba Fett, you know, I'll... I'll, I'll I'll catch him yeah. showing that one probably. He's the daredevil of uh he's the of daredevil Star Wars. of Star Wars, yeah. <laughs> for sure. But uh but yeah, so Matt is is dealing with a lot of things to where, you know, he is he is Matt and Mike. Matt is his more conservative self, it's his uh it's his alter ego. Um and then Mike is kind of his daredevil side because he doesn't have the dare the, the devil mantra or even the daredevil mantra. He just dresses up and beats the hell out of people. Um, and so you have those different things going on with his psychology. They're both him. You know, they're both different sides to him. Um, and here he's uh, he kind of pushes away Karen Page in, in, in the last episode to where now she's going to go on and do this whole thing um, with, the, with the investigation and all that shit. And that leaves Matt to kind of be by himself and to to go off with Claire Temple, which what what did you think about Rosario Dawson as uh, Claire Temple? I I thought she was good. Um, to me it was a a, a different kind of uh, aspect that they were going with. I I didn't know if she was gonna last too long, um, if she was gonna be in it because especially because Rosario Dawson she's more of like a famous star. So I didn't know if if it was just going to be like a temporary thing, one, two episodes, or if it was going to be the love interest for the season. But it's funny that you talk about him being Mike because uh, there's a comic um, by Marvel. It's called Night Nurse, and uh, it, it, it's yes. referring to it's referring to her. Yes. Um, and there is a person that she does take care of called Mike. So chances are that's Daredevil in that comic, that's and right. they may not refer to him as Daredevil, but He's specifically known as Mike. They introduce him as Mike, as his name, not a last name, not anything, just like in this episode. So, it, so it's like a, a double, a double reference, exactly, to to, to her old uh, uh, boyfriend, and and also uh, uh, Matt's alter ego, which is which is uh, his pretend twin brother. Exactly. Yeah, Something his like pretend that's... twin brother. Yeah, and that that was Mike, right? That would right, be right, right, Mike, right, right, right on. Yeah, yeah that yeah, would yeah. make sense. That's cool. Yeah, and so, you know, he's battling with that, and then we um, we introduce the idea that he is Catholic. Which, oh man, when he's sitting out uh, on on the bench in front of the church, oh man, it's it uh it sends shivers down my spine. Uh, 
just because there's so much to Catholicism that they don't really give proper due to in the comics. They don't mm. play it up as much as uh, um, as much as they probably could to get a lot of um, uh, maybe not a lot of story or anything like that. But a lot of Matt questioning who he is. Is he doing the right thing? You know, um, is he going too far outside of the line? Mm, like his morals come into play. His morals come very, very greatly into play, uh, which is one of the things that helps him or, or stops him from becoming somebody like Frank Castle as Punisher. As Punisher, yeah. You know what? That makes sense because to me, Punisher is he, – he doesn't see good or bad. I mean obviously he's not going to kill anybody good, but to me he doesn't see live or die to the bad. He just sees die. It's just punishment. It's not like slap on that. It's punishment. Um, but as you were saying about you, you, Daredevil's like kind of fighting himself. But to me, the way I see it, it's Matt versus Daredevil. You know what I mean? Sometimes he's got to let the Daredevil win. Sometimes he's got to not be the lawyer. And sometimes he's got to take justice in his own hands. And that's that's like Punisher. Punisher takes everything into his own hands. He never leaves it to the law. It's it's like, no, I'm going to I'm going to I have my law and I'm going to uphold my law. Because this is the my standard of way of doing things. Right, right, right. It, it's it's more of like retribution. Yes. Well, it actually starts as retribution, and then I mean, look, they're both kind of very similar to where Matt has psychological problems, to where it's like he has to find somebody to beat the hell out of. Yeah, he's got to let that anger out somehow. And and Punisher is the exact same way because they both, you know, they both were retaliating in their origin stories against, you know, their family members getting killed, respectively. Mm-hmm. And then it just it's kind of this vengeful thing that they can't let go of that they have to keep going. They have to find another uh, bad Someone else guy. to blame. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, now, usually it's kind of like, oh, there's somebody involved that I have to save, but it's kind of it's always riding that line of, you know, when is it a selfless heroic act to save somebody else? And how much of it is, this is what I have to do because I'm yeah. hell-bent on doing that. It's like they get selfish. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, we're, it's like yeah, well, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I need to do this and, and you know, versus, no, I need to do this. I need to stop this crime lord or this person that uh, uh, did whatever they did. Um, but that, that's the funny thing about it is, is it gets blurred. Right. You know what I mean? Sometimes you and, and us as, as fans, we don't care sometimes. Sometimes we're just like we, we like to see We just want to see more. Yeah, we just want to see more yeah. of the blood and the action and stuff. But we do know um, you know, that there all there always is a limit. It's not like they just go out they're not serial killers. You know what I mean? They're right. they're going out righting wrongs and though they don't write them the best way, in reality in the end it's what's best. See this this is a uh... This is part of the, what I was talking about with Matt pushing Karen away. Uh, he's very cold to her, you know, asking her, you know, where were you? Yeah, you know, I, I, I noticed that. I noticed that he, he I, I, I don't know if that's because he, he doesn't want her to get too close. And, and right here, no more long lunches until this is all over. Huh? And, and she gives Damn, that kind of a, face like, wow, yeah. who am I supposed to be tending to while I'm at work? <laughs> like, <laughs> Like I can be on like a two hour what, lunch. What what work? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. They're they're just getting started. And she goes and does it. But yeah, I mean, you know, Matt sometimes is is cold uh, to people that he cares about. You know, he's he's a little distant uh, sometimes to try and protect them. I think so. He's kind of doing it to 
you know, to make sure that they don't get too involved in his business um, as a vigilante, you know, that whole side of it. Um, so I think that this is kind of like tough love that he's giving. That, well, what if he was doing it because maybe he thought she was lying because she did meet with the Union Allied people to sign that contract for that payoff for her? Yeah, well, she what did. What if he she, knew? She, she did lie in the, in the first episode to him. So he kind of um, already knows her pattern, like <laughs> if she's going to lie or not. So maybe right. he felt like, yeah, you were out doing something, you know, and it took a little longer than a normal lunch should have. And so maybe he <laughs> that's why he's, he pushed her away because he wants her to know, like, you know, he's trying to correct her path kind of mm. thing. But he means it in a good way. Mm. That's true. So, okay, so Wesley sits down in the courtroom when that There's guy's his, on trial, huh? Yeah, his, uh, his clock is ticking. Um, so he recognizes uh, the watch, he, he right? Re- he recognizes the watch. It's a, uh, it's a very signature move um, in the Daredevil, uh, the Daredevil Yellow, to where you know he notices people because they have pistachio nuts or, or ah. uh, certain colognes, and that's how he ties certain people to be who they are personally. Because it's like, how many people eat nuts? You know what I mean? That's true. That's true. Now, you know, how many people have like a vintage old watch? Um, you know, now everyone has, you know, probably the iWatch. Mm. Is, that, is, that, is that what it's called? <laughs> That's what it's called, yeah. Hey, you know, have you seen uh, the movie Her? Yes, yeah. The movie Her? With uh, Joaquin Phoenix, right? With, uh, yeah. with Scarlett Johansson? Oh, yes. Why is his girlfriend a phone? Yeah, that I didn't understand. So, or or his computer? Like I'm like, she's a Siri, I, basically, right? I, yeah. Except like, with a better voice, like, clearly now a I, better voice. I beat my Siri. Um, all the time because she's a fucking idiot. <laughs> she, she, I, I don't understand it. Okay, they have the most genius minds behind iPhones. Yeah. And sometimes I'll talk to Siri and she'll question me. Yeah. I'm like, if I if I commanded it, that's what should be done. Right. Not like, are you sure you want to do this? It's not like, um, I'm about to shoot this gun off. Siri, can you help me shoot this gun? Are you sure you want to shoot this gun? It's not like that at all. It's like, can you make this contact, please? Yeah. And then to the point where I just unlock my phone and I just call myself. I'm like, what is the point of having you on here? Sometimes I'll, I'll say, look up so-and-so. And I'm like, look up Charlie Cox. And it'll <laughs> just be like oh, pulling up images of Courtney Cox. And I'm like, that's not even what I said. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love friends. And well, all, you probably – yeah. I'm like, say, oh, maybe subconsciously I wanted to at Courtney Cox previously. <laughs> subconsciously I wanted to. Which, by the way, she's uh, – age is catching up to her. Age is starting to catch up to her. I don't yeah. know if you've seen they're, it recently. They're, they're, they're starting to catch up with all of them. Not, well, you look at Jennifer Aniston and you think, well, like, okay, it didn't hit you as much. Maybe that's, And she's older than all of them. That's that's true. That's true. So it, to me, it throws me off. And by the way, I seen the other day that Phoebe was like 52 years old. <laughs> I'm like, how are you 52 years old? You're Phoebe. Like, you should be like 30 forever. Yeah, 30 forever. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't understand it, but. <laughs> There's 21 forever, and uh, Phoebe's going to open up her own shop yeah. called 30 Forever. 30 Forever but by I'll, Phoebes. <laughs> yeah, by, by the Phoebes. <laughs> Get your phalanges on <laughs> sale. Yeah, but I'll tell you what. That movie, Her, was great. It, but it I'll, was. I'll, I'll tell you what I would do. What, what would be your your outcome of it? I would make, I would make Scarlett Johansson. Real? Uh, <laughs> well, secondary to that. I would make it uh, an iWatch. Okay. So that way it just wraps right around you and you <laughs> could just go to town all night long. And sometimes <laughs> you're like, um, you're going to put the vibrate, uh, um, alarming uh, vibrate, right, but you're right, just right. not going to turn it off ever. To turn off the sound and just put it to vibrate. <laughs> you're like, shh, 
quiet. <laughs> no talking. Is, is this how you do it? <laughs> Just let the vibrations take you. <laughs> but anyways, Matt's about to give a very, very important speech here. We're talking about uh, uh, watch, watch masturbation. Yeah, well, when he hesitates, I, I noticed that he's listening to the heartbeats of the jury. Yeah. So he's kind of... Kind he's, of getting a fill to see if – is he getting a fill to see what kind of people they are or if they're working for Fisk? Yeah, so he, he took out one of the jurors who uh, had a um, had a shaky heartbeat, and now he's trying to find out if the rest of them are clean um, because you have Wesley there who's overseeing the whole thing. Um, what they're trying to do is get a, a – uh, was it a, a hung jury? Uh, yeah. I think so that way I it doesn't so. so that way it doesn't go to trial. It it's it's really funny because Matt knows that he's defending a guilty guy. Yeah. A Matt, little guy but a guilty. Matt right. A little, <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, uh, a guilty leprechaun. Yeah. But um but what he's the dynamics is is funny. He mentions pornography here which is yeah, um, that's which pretty. is which is kind of alluding to the last year you know, they were bribe or not bribing her. They were blackmailing her with the uh, with tape that mm. they didn't that she didn't want her kids to see. Released, so, right? So it's probably like a sex tape or something like that. So he kind of throws it out there, like, "Hey, I know what you guys, you know, were up to the whole time." Kind of throws it back in their face, which is kind of cool. It's funny because it, it everybody when he said the word pornography, um, it everybody was shocked. In well, court. everyone, you know, it's a sensitive issue. It, it is a sen- well, wow. Clearly, if it's too sensitive, <laughs> it's sometimes very things sensitive. happen. Uh, um, yeah, but <laughs> you know, but he's defending a guy, you know, and he's he's selling it, man. He's this this line is great, and I love his uh, his American accent. It's really great, especially here. Um, but he's making a very very compelling lawyer typical speech. You know, hey, you know, this isn't about you know what he looks like, you know, or you know. Or even what he's done before. How questionable his character is. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's about the facts and all that stuff. He's trying to get this guy off, but... Not literally, but... Not literally. But off of the... Yeah, I was trying to sidestep that one, but... He swung right into it. But he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to. He wants to use the law and the justice system, but this is just a way that they demonstrate how the law system is, is broken. Even though the judge is legit, the, uh, the, the jury's the, still the, legit. The yeah. jury is legit. Everyone there is, you know, nobody is really there, um, in the Kingpin's honor or that's in the Kingpin's, um, pocket uh, pocket. Exactly. You know, he's, he's using the justice system and it's working. It's just that he, he knows that he's a guilty guy. Oh yeah. So it's it's a mixed bag. Like he's working his butt off to get somebody off that he knows is guilty. So it it's a pretty funny dynamic that that's going on here. It is, and and there's a point where he's making this speech where uh, the little leprechaun guy um he 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 gets scared because he thinks like he's you know <laughs> we don't know his name. Well, he's I don't know his name. Guy. He's the little leprechaun guy. He d- he has no gold, but he knows how to fight. Um, but the, in the speech uh, at the beginning, he's basically telling him, I know this guy's a horrible guy. And on any other given day, he would be guilty. But today's not that day. So, you know what I mean? He's he's letting the guy know, I know what kind of guy you are. But at the same time, I know in this case, you are proven, you know, innocent. Or my job is to prove you innocent. Right. Um, and, and, he, and he talks about a, uh, he talks about that a little bit before. Or, or I've talked about it a little bit before to where. You know, he's 
his style of justice in the first two episodes is very much just like get in, get out. Yeah. You know, just do what you need to do. Here it's a, it changes a little bit differently to where he has to adjust his style. And really this is the influence of Kingpin because of him corrupting the, 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 the justice system. Daredevil now, or Matt has to use his Daredevil persona to try and uh, help Case and to try and um, exonerate his client and all that stuff. But he's also going to use Daredevil at the end to to catch the bad guy. You know, he's going to say, "Okay, I'll get you. I'll get you out of out of court. You know, you you'll walk, but you won't walk away from me as Daredevil." Yeah, you won't walk uh, that very far. Yeah, and that's um, you know, that's that's the the wild card there that um that that he's able to play. Plus, it helps that he's getting paid too. So he's kind of like, "I'm going to do my job." <laughs> you know, I'm going to uphold my job, but I'm going to get paid, but I'm still going to get what I want out of you. Yeah. I mean, and that just adds more dimension to, to his character, him agreeing, you know, hey, we need money. We need to keep the yeah, lights on. We human. need to pay the bills. You know, doing something that you don't necessarily want to do or taking money from people that you don't want to take money from. But but doing it and still acting beside that. So the Daredevil persona is kind of necessitated. Because he has to act outside of the law and has to act outside yeah. of um, the system, which is corrupted. Yeah, that that's well. Karen's wearing something better in this. Oh scene. man, it's that's... it's a lot better. She feels more comfortable today. I'm <laughs> guessing, or I, I feel like on on rainy days she just wears stuff that we don't like. Or... Yeah, I'm not gonna complain about that outfit. Yeah, not at all. Um, but uh, to me, the way I see it is um, back to what you were saying is. You know, maybe it's a case by case. Maybe sometimes he's going to say no to a case like, no, I'm not going to defend you. No, I, I, I know I, we need the money. I know this and that. But in this case, he's he's kind of since he's new at this, he's trying it out. Right. He's going to say, OK, I'm going to see if I can, you know, do my job and, and you know, pay the bills and keep the lights on and whatnot. Um, but I'm going to get what I can get in the end because it, I, I can't get to you in jail. So but I can get to you as soon as you're free. So maybe. Maybe this is, since this is his first time technically doing that, maybe he's trying it out. Like may, maybe I'll, I'll, he'll come up with a, a system where he's like, okay, I'll represent you. I'll get you uh, um, out of jail basically, and then I'll get what I want out of you. Um, and if, if I feel like maybe you don't uphold your end or I, you're useless to me, then I'll throw you back in jail. And by then he's already paid. There, yeah. I mean there definitely is a moral ambiguity to him to where you know, he's kind of playing – on uh, their level on, on a on a criminal level mm. to where he is almost manipulating the system in his own way but it's just that the intent is different yeah know? the motives definitely the, the motive is different and so you know they he talks about it in, in um in the later episodes where he's like you know i'm still figuring this out as i go and stuff like that but yeah i mean it, it's kind of you need Matt to be a smart guy, the, the the intelligent guy that he is to, you know, have his wits about him and to have a good head on his shoulders. Because what what we're seeing is everyone that he's confronting, he's checking them, either their heartbeats or, you know, if he's interrogating somebody in, in, a, in, in the black suit. Mm, that's he's, true. He, he's asking questions to where he's like, you know, you how involved are you in this? How much do you know? Because that's going to determine how big or how small of a beating you're going to get from me. 
That's true. So it's like <laughs> he's know. being a lawyer no matter what. Right. Sometimes he'll tell people like in this episode, uh, earlier in this episode, he's telling somebody, you know, you better get out of Hell's Kitchen um, because he knows that the guy doesn't uh, know much. He's not going to um, he's, he's not going to be useful. He's, he's not going to lead him up to the big fish. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Big fish. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. Right. That's a good one. Right. Yeah. If, if and the, he's a big fish. If the fish were uh, white and bald. Yeah. But um, but just past was uh, the first inter- introduction to uh, Karen meeting ben, uh, right? ben. So we'll we'll see that become the uh, the story arc of the whole season. Yeah, because they have a relationship, uh, professional, obviously. Um, but professional, you know, Ben Urich sees her as a as a as, as a daughter. Yeah, as yeah. a daughter, that that uh, makes sense. I think I think what goes on is that Ben Urich remind or Karen reminds Ben of her of his former self when he you was know, younger when he was yeah. young and and you know a lot less stupid he says in the next episode yeah and and it he you get that kind of feel from ben like he's got that fatherly kind of feel like he just wants to take care of everybody he wants to take care of things he wants to make sure you know you know obviously things are, are right you know right i mean th- this is this is also the influence of the kingpin and a corrupt corrupt system is because now he's scared to do those big articles, those big exposés to expose, you know, somebody like the Kingpin or anything like that. You know, he has his own personal stuff to kind of worry about, and he wants to try and keep that safe. And so he's going to – he's not going to stick his neck out. He's going to, um, you know, kind of stay in the shadows and just kind of, you know, be a, a good little sort of person who – yeah, ooh, nice. Here's the fight scene between the leprechaun and uh, Daredevil here. <laughs> now, is he Daredevil here? They, what do we call him? They should have – the devil has not been mentioned yet. The Daredevil name isn't mentioned until the very last scene yeah. of, of the season. Um, And he never has like the two Ds or even like one D. One D, huh? Or anything like that. So it, it's – he kind of it, it kind of comes to him because the criminals know him as the devil as the devil of and hell's then, kitchen right and then the tabloids and the newspaper gets a hold of it they call him the devil of hell's kitchen and then he has these really really great talks with his priest Ooh. to where he asks him about the devil and he's like yeah i want to be um that's who i want to be you know the priest um tells him you know there's no quicker way to get um a man back in the church and back on the path of the righteous faster than knowing the that the devil is on your heels. Mm. The devil's Coming on your ass you. basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so he kind of takes on that and it's different from daredevil and devil is, or, you know, those are two different things. And oh yeah. So they're, they're building up why he's called the devil. And then for some reason he's called daredevil. At, at the end so it it doesn't make there's there's a little bit of a disconnect but you know i like the the devil thing a lot better um it plays to his you know religious side and yeah um, he's getting more acquainted um you know with uh good and evil and all that stuff so i think it fits a lot better yeah and i, I like these fight scenes be, be, that he does um uh, it's not cgi Little. you know it, it's very street kind of like actual you know what you would do in a fight. I mean, very, obviously very he's more stuff. skilled um, in his martial arts, um, but I, I do like them because it's very natural. You know, I know some people might say, "Oh, they're slow. Or it's not as this," 
but we're not going for the CGI effect. We're going for it, hey, right. he's it's as not human sped as a hero or anything like as that. possible. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and and I, I like it because from the most part, from what I see, I don't know. You might know the actual truth, but it looks like Charlie Cox is doing everything. He's doing a lot of it, or most um, of it at least. You know, they they've they you know they they say that he's done as much as as he could. But yeah, I mean, it looks great. You know, I mean, he's you know. He seems like a very committed actor, and I'm I'm pretty sure he is doing you know, a lot of it, a lot of it himself. Yeah, because he's in shape. He's an in shape guy. So you know what? I want to get a hold of that Marvel workout, man. I, yeah, it, <laughs> it seems like everybody in the Marvel world is just they got abs up the ass. Yeah, <laughs> it makes no sense. Okay, oh, right. <laughs> so the leprechaun <laughs> the, the, is down, <laughs> and I don't think he's gonna come back up. Yeah, there's no. Uh, there's no uh, gold uh, pot of gold at the end at of that. At the end rainbow. of this rainbow? Yeah, <laughs> just uh, some silver steel that just went into his eye. So that yeah. shows loyalty or does this show uh fear in So him? yeah, it, it's it's basically fear because like he kind of says the same thing as um as what they say in the Daredevil movie, you know. Kingpin just doesn't kill you. He kills, you know, your, your whole family, family right? you know, everyone you know. So he kind of says that in a different way. Um, which is kind of cheesy. It always reminds me of um, of the movie. Now, here's our introduction to uh, uh, yeah. Vanessa. V- Vanessa, yeah. yeah, and and some guy that she's trying to sell a painting to. Yeah, but um, but yeah, very very um, very fine uh, glass of wine that we're looking at right there. Yeah. Now, one thing one thing I want to ask about this introduction. She's gonna ask him about the painting. He's gonna say, you know, it makes me feel alone. Why would he buy a painting that makes him feel alone? Yeah, I, to me, I don't understand that. I, I we throw some color or some people on it because it's a plain painting that just shows like loneliness or nothing, like <laughs> nothingness. It, it, nothingness, exactly. Um, but to me, he the the gentleman she's trying to sell it to. Uh, he seems. Yeah, very, I don't know. I don't know what his name is. Yeah, I don't either. But oh. he just he's a big bald dude. But um, clearly, he he has some sort of liking to it. He sees something that maybe we don't see. Right, right. When when he ends up in prison at the end, he he's looking at a blank white wall. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if he's done time in prison or anything like that, but you know, the There's, guy looks like he is already alone. Like you don't need a painting. To you don't you, need to make you feel lonely. Feel more alone, <laughs> especially a white painting. Like, like, what's it's wrong just, with you? So, but she called it a rabbit in the snowstorm. Right, right, right. That's the name of the painting and the name of the episode. Um, so a, a really great episode. Yeah, I, I, I'd say so. Yeah, Bobby, thanks for, uh, thanks for helping me out. Yeah. Till next time, right? Till next time. <laughs> And uh, we're going to start the countdown right now. The next episode is going to be In the Blood, which will start in three, two, one.